Hi everyone! Welcome back to Roll with the Rollin' with the Winners, Episode Six. Always forget about the name change. Um, today I have my dad with me. Hi, Dad. Hello, Abs. How's it going? It's going good. Good. Super excited. Um, so the episode, as you can see, is titled uh, "The Master of Time, Space, and Dimensions," which is another name for my dad, other than Jeff. His second name would be the Master of Time, Space, and Dimensions. Can you tell them about why this is your name? Well, I think first off, it was something I kind of made up on the spur of the moment when I started dating your mother to like impress her <laughs> about all this knowledge and trivia and questions I always get. How I'm able to answer all these questions. <laughs> Um, so it's, everyone's always asking me like, how far do you think it is to get there? What time will we get there? Uh, in <laughs> golf, people are always like, where did my golf ball go? I'm like, and I'll be, you're like 10 feet in front of the third tree on the right. Um, what year did something happen? Uh, who did the Cavs draft in? I know all of that stuff for some reason. And the unimportant facts. You ex- have ex- it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my brain is clouded with a bunch of stuff like that. So it, it's kind of stuck. I like it. I like it. Another thing that uh, when he started dating my mom, I asked him at one point, obviously years later now, once I am born, I was like, Dad, what was it about mom that really drew you to her, made you decide, like, this is who you wanted to marry? And the first thing he said was, well, she really likes sports. And I was like, man, that is my family in a nutshell. It makes so much sense. Um, but just uh, to warn the listeners today, my dad has a cold, so he sounds rough. And I am hungover, so I am going to sound rough as well. So, you know, we're going to push through and it's going to be a good time. Um, Maybe they'll cancel each other out, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah. They'll come off balance. perfectly, yeah. <laughs> So the first thing I want to clarify is from last episode, I talked about the college and professional overtime um, and the comparison between the two. And luckily, my dad, being the master of time station dimensions, found the um, article right after he listened to my episode and sent it over to me talking about the slight change in uh, the college overtime rules. It doesn't really change my argument because college is still far better than the NFL overtime, Um, but it does fix the one criticism I had, which was that the players are very fatigued, they don't get a lot of rest, Um, so they did add in uh, rest periods after the second and fourth overtime, correct? Yeah, I'm yeah. not aware of that, but there is the yes. kind of a change to just start going for a two point yeah. conversion. Yeah, and then after, than... yeah, so after the fifth overtime, you start going for a two point conversion, just back and forth, which I think is even more exciting because um, it's one play, you have one shot, and you just got to go for it. So I think it'll make it even better. Still far better than the NFL. They should honestly even just adopt that as well, too. Um, but shout out to my dad for sending me that article because it literally came out, what, like a week before I posted that episode? That's right. Yeah, one other criticism uh, criticism that I have about the NFL overtime lately that I haven't told you about yet is uh, for some reason they've changed the NFL overtime to be a 10-minute period. And yes, I'm telling they you, did. And I'm telling you, there are teams that can use that whole 10 minutes. So even though there's this field goal, touchdown right. type of thing going on. I've seen a lot of games where like the clock is completely chewed up mm-hmm. and that second team doesn't even have a chance at all. So right. it's like it's it's so it's so fair in college. Right. Both teams have a chance to score. Same Super as in a real even. game and I, I just it's so much more exciting. Yeah. I and my dad is obviously also a huge Browns fan too. So those ties last season were beyond frustrating to end like that. Um so yeah, just wanted to clarify that because I 
don't want to get the rules wrong, want to make sure I know what I'm saying. Um, So I want to talk um, with my dad now about uh, something that happened last week that we were kind of discussing. Uh, So Mike and Mike has been a show that we have kind of taken to over the years. Actually, do you want to first talk about your Mike Golick, uh, your love for Mike Golick? (laughs) Yep, so as most of your listeners know, we're from Cleveland, and uh, Mike Golick's originally from Cleveland. And one day I was bored at work, and I I found out like a syntax in Wikipedia that said, what is somebody's exact birthday? So I'm like, why, who in the whole universe of Wikipedia was born on my birthday because I had a birthday, it's December 12th, 1962, so on 12-12-12, I was exactly turning 50, so it's kind of a major birthday, 12-12-12 was a major thing, and out of all the people in the world, uh, Mike Golick and Tracy Austin, who's a tennis player, were born on my birthday, so so I really relate to Mike Golick because he's... He's got a Cleveland kind of personality. His attitude a, is a, a Cleveland, Cleveland angle, attitude. a real yep. smart aleck, uh, and that's kind of like yeah. what I'm like. So I, I tried to like strike up a conversation <laughs> with him with some emails, but I think I came off too stalkerish, maybe. It's okay. And it's uh, probably better than my ten page letter to LeBron. So yeah, I, the, I don't know. I think that might have been over the. Top. I think I might have taken it too far, but you know, you got to try. You got to yeah. go for it. Uh, so we were talking about uh, something they were discussing on their show uh, was about. Um, Draymond Green and the complaints uh, in the NBA over every single call and in particular Draymond and in a game last week I believe Draymond was talking in the press conference saying you know I'm just glad that we've gotten past this you know that players aren't complaining as much it was a more enjoyable game blah 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 when in reality, he is the one who is constantly complaining about the refing during the games. So um, Mike Greenberg, correct, yes. he was the one who uh, kind of clapped back at that and was like, hey, that's kind of hypocritical of you considering you're the one who's always, you know, being the one complaining. Um, and Draymond's response to that was, uh, that's funny uh, that you are, let's see, that's funny that you are taking the stance Oh, no. Okay, so Mike Greenberg's was, that's funny that you were taking uh, this stance considering you complain about calls more than anyone else in the game. And then Draymond's response to that was, this was less about players complaining on the floor and more about your boring-ass show has spent the last two days talking about foul calls and not one X or O, but that does seem to be your strong suit, so proceed. What is your take on this kind of exchange that they had here? Well, as you know, I've really kind of, for... Probably, well, since the Cavs had the run with the Warriors, just complaining about Draymond Green, that it is annoying to watch him. Yeah. He literally complains about every call Mm -hmm. uh, regardless. Yep. And so, in my mind, when you complain about every call, it's a credibility issue. You're doing it for, to further your cause, to further your agenda, and... It, it it's awful. Right. It's to the point where I like turn away when I see him, and even in particular last year, I, I mentioned to you earlier this morning, the uh, Tristan Thompson Draymond Green yeah. technicals yep. last year, completely baited by Draymond Green the whole right. time and got know. thrown onto Tristan at the end, yeah. like it was put onto him as if he was the one who did it. And it was it was all Draymond. If anybody ever closely watched that series yep. and. I really think the NBA needs to consider a zero tolerance policy for 
for complaints. So I, I agree. You, you, you got to allow everybody their first reaction. You know, your natural reaction. I didn't make that foul. I can't complain. You, you get to go just a little right. bit longer than that, but then at some point it stops. Right. And if they come back to you again, you got to team up immediately. Yep. And I'm I'm thinking that it's like Pavlov's dogs, and it'll be, change just their condition behavior. Condition them, yeah. That they have been enabled and coddled and ratings and blah, whatever yep. else. And uh, you know, I I get enough sentiment out there. You know, the NBA is still very popular, but but a lot of people I talk to, we're, we're all just very sick bored of, of it, yeah. the complaining and you know we in cleveland believe the warriors complain excessively and you know it's uh it's so much so that houston went to the nba this year and said hey we've got film evidence that they screwed up 18 calls in our critical game seven that we had last year right so you know it's it's, it's to the point of right perhaps influencing games so i agree that there should be gamesmanship there should be that but the players you know one of the things that happened in our family's history is uh, uh, a youth football game that my son was involved with. You know, there was kids that were complaining, and the coach shut it off. He's like, I'm the only one who's ever going to talk to the officials, and nobody else could do anything at all. And that's kind of we got to get back to that. Right. That, okay, like, it's the coach who yeah. can work the official, can do that. But the players, they got to stop. Yeah, well, and it feels like a double standard at times, too, because there are some very calm and collected players in the NBA and if they complain one time and overreact, they get that technical yeah. right away. But Draymond Green so consistently does it that it's only if he takes it to, like, level 100 that they'll give him a call. But he's constantly already doing that so much worse and so much more often than everyone else and doesn't get the calls for it. It's like there's a different standard that he has to hit compared to what everyone else has to hit. I agree with that 100%. Like. That, that happened regularly where, yeah. like, our guy would do one thing and they tee him up. And, like, what have you missed, like, the last five plays? Yeah. That, you know, so 100% agree with that. Yeah. So to continue the discussion about officiating, kind of switching over to the NFL, uh, recently the NFL had some rule changes for pass interference uh, about allowing instant replay for pass interference calls as well as no calls, so missed calls, um, which uh, is – super uh it's really going to affect the game a lot uh the funny thing about this vote as i was researching it because each team gets to vote on it uh the vote passed 31 to 1 and the only team to vote no on this rule change was the stinkinatty Bengals, which is a name coined by my father stinkinatty <laughs> everyone needs a hobby you know <laughs> um and he actually mentioned that for whatever reason Stinkinati always votes no against yeah. these rule changes, which yeah. is uh, some weird management type issue. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, uh, they're affiliated with the old Browns owners, and the yeah. owner, I think, is a little bit of a lunatic. and Just wants to go know, against the he's grain. He's always rocking the boat or whatever. Yeah. So, yep. so what are your thoughts on this rule change? Uh, how do you think this is going to affect the game? Well, kind of a funny story, uh, you know, we're chatting up football at work on Mondays, Tuesdays, and there's this one uh, gentleman I used to work with who is, who was a college football player, really knew the game well, and one of the discussions I had with him two years ago, I came into his office, we're talking about the weekend of games, and I'm just like, man, I'm telling you, pass interference is just like a game breaker anymore yeah. in the NFL that there is a call late in the game that 
changes the game. Yep. And most of the time, it would be a call where interference was called, but in the kind of the replay view, it was like, you know, that should just be a no call. It was, I mean, yeah. the guys are all over each other. They're banging into each other. You know, you really can't say who interfered with who. So most of the time, it would be a reversal down to a no call. Now, of course, there's the obvious call in the the exactly Saints, the NFC Rams games game. where wow that was just should have been a call yeah. and that literally affected who went to the Super Bowl so I think that was like where we finally decided to draw yeah. the line like a change needed to be made so yeah I, I think it's a good thing I, I think it just in the fact that the NFL as well awards yardage is also a uh, an issue with it with right. this uh, situation because college is 15 yards it's not right. as brutal as a penalty you know maybe you limit it to like the last five minutes of the game, you right. know, 10 minutes of the game or something like that. So that it's not every play. Right. Cause then it, my worry like uh, with that is that there would be too many calls and yeah. there's already so much stoppage in the game for flags that sure. it, it could get excessive. Sure. And that was my main beef is like when uh, the situation of, of, of my office uh, story, you know, it's late in the game, you know, right. a critical thing. Really Somebody matters. gets the interference call, they end up winning, yep. and you're just, oh, my gosh. So, uh, what a, a little bit of a tainted win there. You right. Know? So I think, you know, uh, every sport has got to acknowledge the uh, impact of 20 different cameras at their sport. Yeah. Uh, and that you you need to take advantage of that technology. Right. It's at our hands. <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's, you know, fan revolution. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're going to... Right. It gets know, I don't little... know if New Orleans will ever recover. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they have still, and it's many months later, and still even all the players, I know Michael Thomas all the time is will still tweet about it, just like, man, I can't believe yeah. that happened, you I know? Mean, there's some eight-year-old kid walking around in New Orleans right now that's going to die 100 years from now. and he, He's going to remember. He's going to be like, okay, I, we still got screwed over in that yeah. interference call. So <laughs> it was the worst day of my life. <laughs> it's uh, There's long memories out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Kind of going back to the fact that there is a lot of stoppage already in NFL games, and we've kind of talked about this, um, that every single time there is a kickoff, there is a flag thrown on. <laughs> Literally, well, I'll be sitting there watching a, a game with my dad, and the kickoff happens, and he's like, hey, abs, abs. There was a flag <laughs> because every single time without fail, there is one thrown. Um, what do you think we could do to maybe kind of get rid of the fact that this is happening so much, like a yeah. solution to that? Yeah. So certainly uh, backing up your facts, you know, it is more than half the half the times a kickoff and punts a lot of times end up with a flag called. Right. You know, they've been trying to do some rule changes to make the kickoffs and whatever more relevant. Uh, They're still pretty irrelevant, especially in the NFL. Yeah, yeah you know, it's. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier. Uh, I've noticed that the Patriots all the time yeah. do the fair catch on the kickoff because so many times your guy runs it back, even. And oh, good, he had a good run back. He got to the forty yards, but then all of a sudden there's this penalty call, and you're back at the twelve yard line or the seven yard line. Right. So I think the Patriots have cut bait on that. They're like, you know what, we're taking the fair catch. We're taking the ball to 25. Right. Rather be safe in the situation yeah. than have it backfire. Right. You know, so, I, you know, to me, I, I haven't thought of the uh, the answer other than maybe you got to blow up the kickoff process. And you got to think of something 
brand new to do. Right. I, I don't know what that is, but it, it feels like... It's dry. It's got to start like another way. Yeah. You know, there, I don't know if there was a lot of kickoff returns even last year. Right. That used uh, to be like an exciting I, play I to watch. I looked at the statistics earlier today. I can't remember the specific numbers, but it was low. The number that were actually returned for a touchdown was very low. And like, honestly, most of them, they don't even return it past like the... 30-yard line most of the time. You yeah. know, they're not getting it far even when they do actually get it without a, a flag thrown. It, they don't get right. super far typically. So either you just do a, a coin flip for who gets the ball in the 25, or, or maybe maybe somebody could think of something new right. that's interesting. Right. Um, that, Spice up the game a little. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Like a, a fan appreciation. Thing. Let the fan decide <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Someone from the dog pound gets to come down and do it instead. <laughs> well, maybe they'll make some money and find like a sponsor. Who wants to be the sponsor of this kickoff? Actually, to decide I think I found your retirement job. This there is you what go. you're going to do. There you go. Um, so kind of switching to another topic, um, having to do with the Lakers. So there's, it's funny that there's so much talk surrounding them considering that they weren't even in the playoffs this year, but there's just been a lot of chatter, uh, with first Magic Johnson leaving, um, the Lakers were supposedly on track to hire Ty Lue as the coach, and that totally ended up combusting. And now Ty Lue is saying, nope, not doing it. Um, which is pretty crazy to me because everyone felt like that was a shoe in once they were bringing him in for interviews. It seemed like, okay, this is definitely going to happen. Like this guy is one of the only people who has been able to successfully coach LeBron James. I I think there's a lot of coaches that would love to coach him, but wouldn't effectively work with him because he's just a very special type of person to work with. And you need to be able to give him a lot of the control. And if you're not willing to do that, you probably aren't going to work too well with him. Um, But recently, I think uh, a couple days ago, the Lakers fans were protesting outside of the Staples Center. They were, had posters, some of them very ridiculous, um, protesting just the team, like the organization in general, all the bad years they've been having. It's been kind of going on for a while for them. Um, the only thing that upset me about this protesting was a lot of the like social media posts from Sports Center or Bleacher Report were uh, posting about this, but it would be with pictures of LeBron, and I don't really feel like it's as much of a LeBron issue as it is a internal management organizational like very deep rooted issue. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on these protests and just the Lakers as a whole right now on on how they're they're operating? Well, a, c- a couple of things come to mind. You know, first off, I'm surprised LA even cares. Yeah, they are. I pa- know they are a pathetic sports town. Yeah, you know, to get two NFL teams back in their same year, one playing in a soccer stadium that's only like a quarter full when they're playing like a home game, and then finally both of those teams make the playoffs and they start you know filling their stadiums. Some, right. But it's like football comes back after 20 years and like your your stadiums are vacant so and then i have another story i uh, traveled out to la a ton back in the the 90s or the 2000s or something like that and my story is that uh, one time i went out there and ucla was playing in the national championship game in basketball oh, I remember you on monday night <laughs> and so i go to this meeting in la uh actually north of la in ventura and i'm like Hey, who's watching the game tonight? Trying to make like some sports chatter, and everyone's right. like, "What game's that?" I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nobody knows that you know UCLA's in the finals, right? So, that would be like living in Columbus and not knowing Ohio State was in the national championship. Yeah, you know, right. like <laughs> yeah, we're what? definitely different states. So yeah, you've got different priorities out there. 
So, yeah, part of me, like, uh, says I'm surprised L.A. cares. You know, this is, for some reason, I've seen a lot of headlines about uh, even when LeBron went to L.A. Uh, and, like, kind of wanted to be the face of L.A. And, right. like, I guess, like, hardcore Lakers fans were defacing oh, stuff, yeah. you know, because... You know, you can't take it away from Kobe. There were, like, or... murals that they were, like, ruining of, of LeBron because of Kobe. Yeah, yeah it's and... like everyone's, like, loyal to Kobe, loyal yeah. to Shaq, whatever. So I, that I don't understand. Like, yeah. why you want to have, like, a new tradition? Right. So, so a lot of things uh, don't really aren't making sense to me on yeah, that. Yeah, not um, adding up. You know, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it'll work. I know Ty Lue didn't take the job because he got lowballed. Right. Is uh, the salary at the end and of the day was that enough? he's won a championship. Like, that's, like, disrespectful in a way that they were just kind of expecting him yeah. to come for whatever, you know? Yeah. Which is what I think their mindset was. They're like, oh, Ty Lue's going to want this. He's going to take this job. Take this yeah, job. Right. We we don't need to. And then I, he probably felt very disrespected by away. that. He walked away. He's yeah. like, I don't even want to hear another negotiation with you. Right. I, I'm just walking away. Yeah. You know? I have no, honestly, I have no idea where they're going to go from here in terms of who they're going to want. I, I don't know. I It's hard, like I said, to find someone to effectively coach with LeBron. I think you have a lot of strong personalities as well with the Ball family, even though I think they've kind of been, uh, honestly, since LeBron came, I think something with his camp probably was like, this family needs to yeah. shut up or like, um, so, <laughs> it so, was like in the contract. <laughs> somebody whispered something in their ear. Yeah, because like, okay, I Enough is enough. You know? I haven't heard from LeVar too much uh, since LeBron joined the Lakers, which I am totally okay with as well. <laughs> I uh, never really enjoyed hearing him talk too you know, much. It could just be that the media decided not to report on him anymore. That's true. I mean, maybe the media made him the star that he is and yeah. it really... Well, it bothered me. He used to go on um, Colin Coward's show a lot, and I was like, why is he bringing him on? Like, you're just giving yeah, him a platform right. to sound stupid. Like, don't give him the platform. Like you said, just don't report on him, and then nobody cares. Nobody's going to listen. But, I mean, I think in this case it was probably LeBron's camp being like, Yeah, you I'll need, tell you, when you, you start looking stop. at the world through the ratings lens, you know, I need to increase ratings to my yeah. show. You really start becoming a little skeptical of a lot of a lot of the stuff that happens. Oh, I'm out sure. There. So, yeah, but uh, back to LA. You know, it, it's there's a lot of mixed signals out there. So, yeah. You know, there's a lot of kooks out there too. So, you well, know, these... even we were talking yesterday. There's like odds out there of the chance of LeBron being traded back to Cleveland, and yeah. we're like, oh my God, there's a chance. Like, which I don't think that's going to happen, but. Um, it's pretty wild that it's – I didn't expect to be at this point, you know, a year after he left. I, I really – I really see Kyrie going back there too. Yeah. You know, I think yep. that's the one thing out of all the free agency rumors yeah. that uh, makes a lot of sense, you know. Yeah. You know. I've heard – I've seen a couple things out there that Kyrie has been in talks like yep. with some people about wanting to go to L.A., which – would kind of be hard to watch just because they truly could have just continued doing all of that in Cleveland rather than this weird middle ground where Kyrie thought he wanted to go to Boston, thought he wanted to be the hot shot, the main guy, realized he couldn't do it. LeBron thought he wanted to go to L.A. to really focus on his businesses as well and, you know, the big life he could build there. And both of them have kind of struggled on their team since doing that. So basically, lesson learned is that Cleveland is where you go to win. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, the other thing kind of NBA related wanted to talk about that I talked about a little last episode is, uh, Paul Pierce, our guy, Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we don't have too much love for him in this family. Uh, so 
at the beginning of this last series, obviously he's a major Celtics guy since he played for the Celtics, and he said after game one that the series is over, the series is done. Um, Clearly it was done in the opposite way of what he thought it would be, but I saw this great poster that was posted all over Milwaukee on the streets, and it said, like, uh, looking for Paul Pierce, last seen making stupid comments on ESPN. Uh, if you have any information, please call 1414 uh, Bucks by Five or whatever, um, which I thought was phenomenal because, I mean, he just says a lot of stupid stuff. What were your thoughts on those comments he was making? Uh, yeah, I just, you know, we've always had a big problem with him and, you know, just kind of evaluating his commentary and his intellect and whether I was a better person for having heard what he said yeah. over the years. You know, over Everyone and over in this room is yeah. now dumber <laughs> yeah. for having listened to it. Billy Madison Pierce. <laughs> but uh, he's just, he doesn't add anything, you know. Yeah. I, I don't like his insight. He's, and he's such a homer, too. Oh, yeah. You know, too I, far. You know everyone has their biases, and you're aware of that, especially when it's a player from the sport that they played, you know. Shaq is a commentator. There's tons of athletes who have done that. So obviously they have their their biases, but his is taken to another level where it's like ridiculous. Like for him to say after game one that it's over, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> And I don't know if he was that great of a player. I know yeah. he's got an NBA title to his resume when he played with Kevin Garnett, and I think Ray Allen was right. the other one of the three. Yeah. And- and all of that, Run, but you yeah. know, and, and he's had like some good games here and there, with like a phenomenal number of right. points. But for the most part, when I would watch him play, yeah. it was kind of like sloppy basketball, kind of kind of a little lazy basketball. Right. It's kind of like kind of like the James Harden falling into people yeah. getting foul basketball, dramatic, yeah. yeah. Which I don't, I just don't and, really want to watch oh, that. We were actually talking about this earlier. The Cavs during those years, it was. Booby Gibson, it was Z, it was Anderson Verjao, it was Mo Williams, it was Delonte West. West. (laughs) Like, those were our core guys. So, honestly, not overly impressed that that was like, oh, the Celtics really got us. Like, okay, LeBron was like the only legitimate player at the time. I mean, it it was exciting because we were making it far, but... I mean, to have Booby three ball got it be the the highlight of the games was pretty shocking, considering he looked like a maybe twelve year old boy That's maximum, right. I would say. Yeah, exactly. Nice little baby face he had there. Um, but yeah, Paul, it's it's a struggle listening to him talk, definitely. Um, so we were talking about this yesterday. We were at a wedding yesterday, and I asked him um, if he could get dinner with one sports figure. Who would it be, and why? Um, so if you want to, want to give your answer, I guess you could give your original answer, but then I want an athlete slash. Yeah, uh, right. So my first answer is I really, I would like <laughs> to see Mike Gullick one day. I mean, he, he literally grew up maybe 10 miles from my house. We had the same upbringing and, you know, like in the snow belt in Cleveland. And for those of you who have survived the snow belt, we're just really tough people. You know, we got thick skin yeah. we, we defend we ourselves. We deal with we a lot. We love our teams and. <laughs> And it just I, I hear how he talks, and right. so I, I would love to really actually spend some time with him one day, and I, I think I will one day. Somehow I'll figure that one out. <laughs> but then I think the probably the next person up there would be probably Tiger Woods, you know, that he uh, just seems like the way, you know, not his personal life, but <laughs> just the way he competes, the yeah. eye of the tiger, 
the the success that he's had. I, I would just really like to spend some time with him and and talk with him and uh, get yeah. get uh, his view on life his and insight. all that. Um, kind of interestingly enough, I saw an interview with uh, Tiger the other day, and like his favorite musical artist, some some like random woman was right. doing like a car interview with Tiger Woods, and he was like, oh, you know, I. I really like the '80s music. I like I like Michael Jackson. I like Prince, who are two of my favorites. He goes, I, I like music before like today's music. Today's music is is just angry, is what he said. So like, oh wow! You guys would get along great. We get along great there too. We'll go like, to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert together. I'm sure he likes Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. So. Uh, so I think that would be like an interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree. Prior to that, I probably like was a big Jack Nicholas guy. He's yeah. an Ohio guy. I've actually uh, seen Jack Nicholas several times at his golf tournament, you mm-hmm. know, up close to him. So right. that would be interesting to, yeah. to talk to him one day, too. I gave my answer, which my dad thoroughly disagreed with. Um, but I said Greg Popovich. Uh, so before I give him a chance to say why he disagrees, uh, I will kind of explain why I really like him. Uh, first of all, I feel feel like he's kind of at the kind of Coach K status of a coach where he is so well-respected in what he has done over the years that, yeah, maybe he kind of gets a little aggressive in interviews sometimes, um, but he kind of has earned his place to do that, I believe, in some ways. I also feel like he appears to be a guy who would be a part of, like, the old boys club type thing, but he's actually very, like, aware of the world around him and kind of breaks down the the wall of that, even though, like, by on paper, he seems like he would be kind of just, like, an old man who just, like, doesn't care about anyone else except him and his old man friends. Um, right. But he, he really is more aware of the times and how they are now. Um, and I kind of like his sarcasm and his attitude. I think it's funny. I think he's very witty and comes back with great answers. So while it might bother some people, I think it's hilarious and I really enjoy it and feel like it would make an interesting dinner for sure. Uh, but what are what are your thoughts on Greg Popovich? Yeah, maybe maybe I haven't seen some of those sides of him. He does sound interesting in the way you put it. Thank you. Uh, I, I guess I've seen more of just the Looney Tunes side, you know, where yeah. he's like uh, snaps at a reporter. Or he definitely one, does. One word answer yeah. or, like, or you know, a response from right field. And yep. I, you know, so I, I guess I've seen more of that. No, he has those too. I will agree with yeah. that. And, and I guess yeah, maybe the resume. I don't know whether he has two NBA titles or he – Um. Yeah, at least two. At least two. So yeah, yeah, maybe he's uh, Mount Rushmore worthy with with that many times, especially being in a small market. I right. mean, really, the San Antonio, you know, the NBA is really you know feels like it's turning into the Davids versus uh, Goliaths oh, yeah. here, and you know, like a team like the Cavs, a team like San Antonio. You know, if you're down, you're going to be down gonna, for a lot yeah, of years. You can't right. you can't buy your way out of it, right? Um, and more so because. The, it's a player. I, yeah, it's a player dictated leave. It's like they it's, run the league. <laughs> it's not like oh, uh, the Cavs are in a bidding war. It's like no, the player says, "Hey, I'll sign with you." Yeah, and they kind of arra- have arranged the whole league, and it's kind of arranged around the large markets. Right, and you know it should be you know, kind of. I am getting off your question, but no, that like is- the next NBA bargaining session where they ratify a new contract. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting because. You know, I think the owners are going to want to – they have no control today. Yeah. They're going to want to take back some control. Right. And they're going to say, hey, we're going to change the cap. 
Yeah. We're going to change uh, loyalty programs. Mm-hmm. We're going to change something to make it so where it isn't the wild stinking West. Right. And every July, the news is about uh, the 20 free agents. Where are they? Where are they going? Where are they going to go? You know, yeah. and it's, and the teams are like in the dark. They don't even know. You yeah, know? It's no, like, it, they just kind of, and it, it's so few players who really run the NBA. It's not like, I don't feel like it's much as all of the players. It's like the, the top core group of players pretty much decide what they want to do and pick and choose who they want to bring along with them to that, you know? So like LeBron has that kind of effect to be like, hey, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to happen here. This is what's going to happen. So it, it really, especially compared to the NFL or the MLB, where it's kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of money in the MLB, but it, it feels like the players don't really have a say in where they go or where they're at. They're they're told because, you know, it's they don't have as much of a say in, in what happens. It almost feels like it could partially be because there are so few players on the court at a time in an NBA game that they do have the ability to single-handedly control a team more so than in football where, yeah, you could have a great quarterback and obviously that's important, but that doesn't necessarily like show you how successful that team's going to be because there's more pieces in the works. Yeah, and I think really like uh, comparing it to football, yeah, it's kind of some weird things. You know, first of all, like the average – tenure of a football player is like 3.1 years yeah, or something like that. so you know football players come and go injuries are a bigger yeah. part of the game you know kind of football players are kind of behind that helmet you can't really yeah. see it you don't connect like, to them as much yeah like the nba players are like way out there yeah. they become your franchise you yeah know, the, you feel the, like you know them yeah like the symbol of the dallas cowboys isn't Zeke's face. It's that cowboy symbol. You know, yeah. but the, the symbol of the Lakers now is LeBron or, or whatever. Yeah. So, so Most people probably a, don't even know what some of their favorite NFL players look like because they're covered yeah, all the time. Yeah, you, you can know? walk down the hall and uh, I didn't know that who, who right. that was. So. Right. And baseball players are yeah. just paid an obscene amount of money. There's right. got to be a day of reckoning in baseball. Oh, yeah. I don't know how the Padres could pay whatever oh, I know. for Bryce Harper, $40 million a year for 10 years. Who can take on debt like that? Yeah. And it's getting out of hand yeah, for sure. Somehow there's going to be a yeah. correction. And even though in baseball, yes, you can see the players' faces, but it feels like a, there's a huge disconnect for some reason between the fans and like the actual character of the people that exist in the MLB. I mean, most people probably could, unless you're a, a, a true core baseball fan, most people probably couldn't name like 10 players in the MLB right now, you yeah. know? It, it's kind of strange that compared to other sports, most people probably know their team and all the big hot shots in the rest of the league. But in the MLB, I mean, you're not you're not going to know that. Back in the days where the roots of the master of time, space, and dimension was taking place, yes. I would read the newspaper cover to cover every day. I was only like five years old, and I would lay on my <laughs> ottoman and I read the whole paper. Front wow. page, sports page, and I knew everybody on every team. Yeah. but I'm like so far from that. I like you. Right. I don't know hardly any players on right. any team well, anymore. Well, Sarah used to even when she was what uh, two years old would like list off the Indians roster. Yeah, the whole Indians roster. Yeah, so. it used to. I don't know what's changed, what the disconnect is, because I don't think it's just us in this that. There is a disconnect between the players and the fans. Um, I think it's kind of widespread where it feels like baseball has kind of lost that 
other than maybe like three or four of the major guys in the league and, and other than yeah, that. Yeah, it could be. I, I kind of heard this the other day. It could be that people are just viewing baseball as a little bit more boring sport. Yeah. You know, you can Not go a to lot a game. Action. You can go to a game and nothing happens. Where right. if you're going to go to an NFL game, for sure something happens. Right. You know, there's going to be a score. There's right. going to be an interception, which are going to get you on your feet and clapping. Right. But, I mean, you could probably go to a baseball game and not clap one time. Right. You know? When we've talked about, like, I I watch the Indians, love to watch the Indians play. I would never just, like, sit down and watch a baseball game of teams that I didn't know or really yeah, care about. it has to be the Indians. But in the NFL or I, definitely the NFL, I could sit down and watch any NFL game, any two teams play, and find it interesting. It, it doesn't even matter who the teams are. I think it, it would be exciting either way. In the NBA, yes, I think right now the league is just annoying with the way it is that teams are so drastically amazing and so awful that it's a little bit extreme right now. But still, I could enjoy a basketball game. Like, I could just turn on a basketball game. There's a lot of action. Doesn't necessarily matter who's playing. Could enjoy it. But in baseball, I, I don't think I could just put on two random teams and, yeah, and get into it. Yeah, unless you're desperate. Yeah, unless I'm desperate. Nothing else is on the television. Or unless I want to have TV on as I'm trying to go to sleep at night, you know? Yeah. Put that, put that game on. Yeah, so, put that yeah. on. Um, all right, so to kind of close out the episode here – um, I want to ask you what your favorite moment that you have witnessed in sports is. It cannot be anything dealing with the 2016 finals because I have answered that on this show. Oh, Sarah wow. has answered that on this show. Um, so your call. It, you could have been there or not been yeah. there. Just something that you've watched happen. Boy, that's funny. So I would have said my experience at Game 7 out right. in the uh, Q Arena courtyard. I just haven't wanted that to be yeah. all of my answers yeah. on this show. Uh, you know, so interestingly enough, I have been, well, no, for sure. Uh, it's the 2002 OSU championship oh, against yeah. Miami. I went to uh, Tempe, Arizona. I saw that game. Uh, it was a three day trip and actually interesting. We're going to Arizona here in yes. a little bit, but I went out there the first day and we partied and goofed off. <laughs> Next day, uh, we, I played golf and then the game was at night. Oh, and then the next day we went home. So it was like a three day trip, but it was like Amazing. it was like fantasy world the whole time. Was that the Fiesta Bowl, or it was, was at it? Arizona State's campus okay. at the Fiesta Bowl, and uh, best money I ever spent. Yeah, but then I had to go and ruin that and go see them play against Florida uh, four years later when Ted Ginn Jr. got hurt yes. on the very first play, and we got when shellacked. he was running it down. Oh, I remember yeah, that. And we got yeah. shellacked by Florida, so I saw that. Shortly um, after that, though, well, I guess not that shortly after, but soon after that, we got Urban Meyer to come over to, yeah, that, to our that was side. A, that was a nice thing. <laughs> uh, the other game that probably I talk about probably three times a year was the the Browns back in 1981. I think uh-huh. had the famous. I was negative game. 14 yeah. years old. <laughs> it was the playoff game versus the Raiders. We had this great Cyper Bowl year, and I was at that game, yeah. sitting in almost the worst seat possible because of weather, like facing the lake and the upper deck. Uh. And uh, it was like minus 15 degrees, just froze, froze, froze. And we lost the game, which made it worse. So I was at that game. Amazing. Well, uh, thanks for coming on today, Dad. I it appreciate it. Always enjoy talking sports with you. Um, so yeah, uh, if you want to give me a rating or review on Apple podcasts, that would be great. You can hit the five star button and just leave a quick review as well. Um, and go ahead and subscribe on Apple podcasts or follow me on Spotify. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs)